You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. He's John Sheeran. I'm Anthony Kazenza. We're going to get to our special guest in just a second here. If you are new to this show, please join us live via YouTube on the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel or the Cincy Jungle Facebook live video feed. All of our stuff is on Cincy Jungle. You can also get the audio versions of the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio. Get it where you can. You can also get all of our stuff on YouTube, and as I mentioned, cincyjungle.com. So as I mentioned at the at the beginning of the episode, we have been doing some 2020 prospect previews, prospect watch. Last week we did, uh, we, we, we had a couple of guests on to help us preview Tua Tagovailoa, as well as Justin Herbert. And now we've got Billy Gomila from... Uh, and the Valley Shook, which is SB Nation's LSU blog. Uh, Billy, how are you? Can you hear us? Yes, can you? I'm fine. Everything's good. Doing great. Yeah, well, thanks for making the time. I know you got a lot going on. It's the holidays and whatnot. Uh, I, I wouldn't have probably pushed you to come on this week if it weren't for the fact that Joe, Joe Burrow just won the Heisman Trophy and did so in, in record-setting votes. So we appreciate the time. I'm just going to start off kind of easy, I guess, easy-ish question, which is one that we have asked the other uh, special guests to pre- when they've helped us preview other exciting prospects. There are many, many t- exciting traits about Joe Burrow. Pocket presence, leadership, uh, accuracy, all of that. What would you say is his greatest asset as he looks to move into the NFL? You know, the biggest thing for him this year, and it was the thing that I I, I already felt that he had, he's a great decision maker, and he's been, he's always kind of just been really in command of LSU from from kind of the the, the first time he stepped in, you know, first game, uh, you know, coming in as a transfer, Miami kind of starts a pregame scuffle, and, and, and Burrow was right up in the middle of it. You know, and, and then immediately talking trash to them about how, you know, about to kick their butt. And even when he was kind of struggling that first year, he, he, he had this, this knack for playing a game that would make you you'd come away, you know, not necessarily knowing the stats, having watched it live and think, oh, he played pretty well. And then you look at the stats and he was right around 50% completions or, you know, sometimes even under it. But you still felt like he played well because he would he would kind of just run the offense and, and keep keep things going. You know, he, he he took a long time to throw his first interception. He he would you know, throw balls away when they need to be throw, thrown away. He would you know take sacks in a situation where it was like, well, taking the sack is better than putting the ball up for grabs. 
things like that. You know, and this summer, I think when I previewed the team, I said, well, here's the thing. We know he's got the intangibles. We know he's a tough kid. We know he's a leader. All that kind of stuff. It's what kind of, you know, where's his ceiling in the tangible department as a passer? And then he, he really just took off. You know, I was pretty confident that he would play well this year, that they would do well. I certainly never saw him coming out, completing, you know, 76, 77% of his passes and and throwing him for, you know, damn near 50 touchdowns. <laughs> I, I never saw that in my wildest dreams. And it, it's one thing he's going to have, I think, that's going to serve him best in the NFL is that he's got, a, a, I think, a professional mindset. And he's a great, he's a great decision maker. And he is always just kind of in command and in control of himself. Yeah, I don't think anybody really expected that monumental jump in production from you know sub sixty percent completion percentage to the NCAA record in completion percentage. And I think obviously the, the the number one thing people attribute that to is the hiring of Joe Brady to really you know turn over that entire offensive scheme. And just from just from someone who hasn't uh, fully watched LSU season and who hasn't been following him from from week one, what has been the biggest difference in terms of what Brady has done? to that offense and not necessarily do you believe that all of Burrow's uh, success has been attributed to Brady, but what's really been like the biggest thing that, that has helped him, you know, transform that offense. What's been the biggest differences between last year and this year's, you know, construction of the offense. The biggest thing is they, they just completely committed to the idea of, okay, we're going to be an up-tempo, no huddle spread team. Yeah. LSU spends almost the entire game in the shotgun they're, uh, they, they've been able to be a high-tempo team. They, they don't sub very much. They kind of just lean on what they've got, and they go, go, go. And we saw that in the spring game, and it was like, well, that looks different, all right. Uh, you know, whereas last year, they used more spread sets, more three-receiver sets, but they still went under center. They still used a little eye formation. They still used a lot of tight end looks. Uh, you know, it, it was still kind of in between what LSU had done before and what I think Ed Ogeron wanted them to be. And then I think Brady helped kind of bring them those next couple steps. And, and he and, and Steve Ensminger, who was already here, just had just had a great relationship and, and worked really well together. And it, it, it all just kind of came together. It was the right situation with, with you know, the, the receivers kind of ascending. You had the right kind of just the moons all, uh, all kind of lines. You even had a running back who was kind of, more fit, more of a fit for that kind of offense, more of a scat back, a guy who you get space and throw the ball to. Talking with Billy Gomila, head honcho over at And the Valley Shook, the SB Nation LSU blog, helping us preview Joe Burrow as we continue our 2020 prospect watch. Billy, this is this is where I think there there are a couple of points of contention for how great Burrow has looked, for how great the stats are, the record-breaking Heisman votes, all of that. There are a couple of points of contention in terms of his NFL trajectory. Uh, I think one of them has to be how close he is. He is he a player that is just hitting his stride, or is he a player and what we've seen uh, that is who is very close to what his NFL ceiling is or can be? Like, is he still a developing player because of this one-year wonder type of thing or one-plus-year wonder type of thing? Or 
uh, you know, is, 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 is he maxing out as he's entering the league? He is a little bit older than, you know, a Baker Mayfield, a Lamar Jackson who came in before him. Um, I would say physically, sure. I mean, yeah, he's, he's never going to be the guy who is just going to overwhelm you with physical traits and, and his physical traits are better than I think people probably realize He's, he's certainly a, a better athlete than people realize. He's probably a better runner than even what LSU used him for. They really haven't had to use him very much as a runner this year. Um, but yeah, this is not, it's not a case where he's going to get he's just slap on another 10, 15 pounds of muscle, you know. Uh, physically, he's, he's definitely, I think, on the high end. And phys- physically, it would have been my question coming to this year as far as his NFL bona fides. Does he really have the kind of arm to to make the, the, the big-time throws that you need to make in the NFL? But I'll say this, for, for this year, he's been able to do that. He's been able to throw, you know, those touch passes over the middle, over the linebackers, but in front of the safeties, he's thrown. He's really been able to just drill slants into some tight coverage. Last year, we saw he could do, and I, and I hate to use the Drew Brees comparison, you know, just because it, it's, Drew freaking Brees, but <laughs> the thing that he could do that Drew Brees has done better than any quarterback I've ever seen is throw that back shoulder throw down the sideline when the, when the, the yeah. defensive back's a little bit on the over, over the top of the receiver, you throw it just kind of behind him and the receiver can just turn and get the ball. And Drew Brees has made a living being able to do that down the sidelines and then being able to do that down the seams. And right away we can see, okay, well, that, that's a throw that Joe can make pretty regularly. And this year, he, he, you know, they took that, but then he's built onto it so much. He's been, he's been a great deep ball thrower. He's been able to, you know, just lay it out there and let guys run underneath it. He's been able to make big crossing routes a, a staple of this offense. He's been able to really just drill those slants in. And, you know, this, is, this hasn't been an offense that's lived on just dinking and dunking and throwing short. They've thrown short. They've thrown long. They've thrown intermediate. They've kind of done a little bit of everything. And when you chart uh, Burroughs throws, he really makes each one fairly regularly. I don't know that there's a, a throw this year that's been a weakness for him. So the Washington professional football team did something really smart in this past draft, and they they paired Dwayne Haskins, the, their quarterback, with Terry McLaurin, the receiver, for, both from Ohio State. And obviously, you know, Haskins hasn't had a lot of success, but when he's had the most success, when he's thrown to McLaurin, he's been one of the best rookie receivers in the NFL. The LSU's got a couple of good receivers who are also draft eligible, uh, Jamar Chase and uh, uh, Jefferson, I think. So in, in terms of, you know, keep, keeping Burrow with one of his receivers, who's, who's out of those two guys is the guy that you want to see follow Burrow to the same team? Who do you think he can have the most success with uh, in, in the professional game? Right now, Chase, oh. Chase is a sophomore, so he'll have another year. But but Justin Jefferson will be draft eligible, and I imagine will go out. Um, you know, it's funny. Earlier in the year, and and certainly in that first year, Justin Jefferson, who is you know, of course, was the, the, the brother of Jordan Jefferson and Ricky Jefferson, who played at LSU, and really wasn't a very heralded recruit. We saw him really quickly, like, oh well, you know, all he does is just get open and catch the ball. He, he's not real flashy. You never saw him make a lot of you know, just crazy plays after the catch, and he's not super physically imposing. He's not small by any stretch. We're doing about 6'2", you know, buck 95, maybe 200 pounds. 
this year, especially early on, you saw really quickly, like, man, he's just, he and Joe are just dialed in together. Joe can just toss it up to him whenever he, he needs a play. Jefferson's making play after play after play. He makes the big third and 17 catch against Texas and then breaks a tackle and just goes, takes it to the house. He's, he's beating guys deep. He's beating guys short. He's beating guys every which way. And then from about, somewhere about maybe the fourth or fifth game, Jamar Chase really took over. And he always, you know, he was a huge recruit. LSU fought off a lot of teams to get him. And the, the difference is he kind of just has a more well-rounded game. He's not huge, but he's about 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds. He will not be denied on a jump ball. He makes plays after the catch with quickness. He'll, he'll bully guys. He's a really smooth route runner. And then he's shown more speed than I thought he had coming into this year. Just consistently making plays. You know, against Vanderbilt, he had two long touchdowns on, you know, just little quick slant plays over the middle. Against Florida, he beats his guy deep on a, on a straight go route and for the, the game icing touchdown. And, you know, Bama, he just abused Trevon Diggs, who people say is supposed to be a first round draft pick. I'm a little skeptical of that after watching him against LSU. But, you know, Chase had him all day, whichever way he wanted. He was able to, you know, wall him off for balls with, with his body. He was able to go up over him when he had to, and when he when he was he had separation, he made a play after the catch, and he won the Blitnikoff Award, and he deserved it this year, and I imagine he'll be a very high draft pick in the 2021 draft. Talking with Billy Gomila of uh, In the Valley Shook, SB Nation's LSU blog. We'll be talking with him for just another minute here. Um, we're getting you know some questions in uh, in our live chats from from listeners, I guess we'll kind of try to to blend a couple of them here. Basically, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the offense that Zach Taylor's attempting to run, and or the Rams ish offense. Um, but basically, I, I, an overarching theme that we're getting from some of our live listeners is what what can Joe Burrow bring in that style of offense and namely to the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, given his skill set? I mean, you mentioned, you know, maybe some limitations on the arm strength, uh, but great decision-making skills, all of that. And and you said he makes all the throws. I mean, what, how do you see that potential marriage playing out in terms of Burrow's skill set and what the Bengals want to do on offense? Well, I can't speak a lot to what the Bengals do this year, but I did get to see the Rams uh, in person twice last year against the Saints. And, you know, the, the thing that impressed me about them with, with, with you know, Sean McVay and Jared Goff is McVay found a way to, to fit what he wanted to do to what Jared Goff did well. And I think he figured out, and I think we want – He's not used to reading NFL type defenses. So how do I make how do I make that easy for him? We're gonna run a lot of play action, we're gonna do a lot of shifts, we're gonna do a lot of different stuff that's gonna make the defense declare itself and give him easy decisions and that's gonna work for him. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's, it's a long term plan, but it worked for him, you know, for the last two years. I think if you put a, a guy like Burrow in an offense like that, he's absolutely going to shred because he, he can make the decisions. The easier you make it for him, I think we've seen this year, the more he can maximize what everybody around him can do. So I, I, I think I think the main concern that Bengals fans have with not not only 
investing in quarterback with the with the first overall pick is the it's the whole perception about the Bengals in it, it itself and the state of their franchise right now. And you know, say they draft a quarterback first overall, what's his reaction going to be coming into a franchise that is not very successful? It's very much in a purgatory. It's very much in in a, in a bad shape. And the, I, the main concern would be, you know, if the quarterback comes in here. And maybe doesn't really buy into what they're selling. Doesn't buy into the whole process of of starting anew and, and bringing a, a different culture to Cincinnati. Can you kind of speak upon just the Joe Burrow that you've come to know and the type of personality that he is, and and his willingness to overcome adversity, and the type of you know the character that he is to be willing to come into a bad situation and do the best that he can to kind of turn it around. Well. I don't blame your, your Bengals fans for feeling that way, just based on what I know of the franchise from the last few years. Um, you know, Joe Burrow kind of came to LSU. He was never really promised the job, even though that's what he was looking for in terms of, you know, he left Ohio State. He wanted to go somewhere where he could play. And LSU was kind of in a situation where they didn't really, they weren't quite ready to turn the ball over to their next quarterback yet. They had, you know, it was, it was they were going to be stuck with some younger guys. The idea of having someone that, that had a little more experience was a little more developed, you know, was more what they wanted to do. And I think they wanted to, to open things up a little bit, but they weren't. I don't want to say they didn't know how to. I, I, I don't think they were fully vested in, in what they needed to do yet and, and fully confident in their ability to do it yet. And, you know, Joe came in here coming from a spread offense, and he talked about how he had to kind of reteach himself how to take a snap from center, and he wasn't used to having to drop back and turn his back on the defense on a play action thing, things like that, and you never heard him complain, you never heard him really say anything negative, he kind of just embraced it, he embraced the team really quickly, I only recently found out that very quickly, there were some veterans on that first, that 2018 team, who kind of were like, who is this kid who's coming in here and thinks he's going to jump the line and take a starting job? And they had to be a little bit of a team meeting, and Joe kind of had to stand up and say, look, I'm here to win football games, and if you guys have a problem with it, let's get this out. And eventually he just won them over just by being himself. So I, I think he's a guy who is definitely going to bring a pro mindset to the NFL, which, I, which you know, I've been lucky enough to interview a lot of football players over the years and a lot of guys that have gone on to very successful pro careers. And the one thing that I take away from it is the guys who are the most successful for the longest time, the ones who can very much treat it like the way any of us treat any other job, is that you go in, you go into work, you do your work, you, you, you devote yourself to being the best player you could be. And I think we've seen that Joe Burrow will do that. Talking with Billy Gomila uh, of SB Nations and the Valley Shook, their LSU website. He's the head guy over there. Billy, before we get you out of here, I I know my co-host hates doing these, but do you have a pro pro comparison? We've heard Carson Wentz. Todd McShay recently said he heard some NFL scouts call him Andy Dalton, which was a very interesting – analogy uh some people say a taller drew Brees. i don't know what do you have a pro pro comparison or someone that he reminds you of in terms of his play i think 
definitely see Carson Wentz didn't make a lot of sense to me because to me Carson Wentz was a guy who more physically jumped off the page a bit because he was a big strong yeah. guy you know playing at that small level at North Dakota Drew Brees kind of works in that he's a better athlete than you probably think he is uh, obviously he's a little taller Matt Ryan's not a bad comparison obviously Matt Ryan's not much of a runner but if you've ever you know seen the Falcons in person a lot he is a guy that can get out of the pocket by yeah. time and that's kind of how I would describe Burrow's mobility a little more um, let me think. Maybe somebody like Jared Goff in terms of, you know, a little bit of mobility, tall guy. He doesn't have that kind of an arm quite quite like Goff, but, uh, you know, Drew Brees is probably the closest comparison I can think of in terms of being accurate, not necessarily being the guy who can power the ball into any window, but somehow still makes every throw that you can ask him to. Uh, whether whether he's got Drew Brees' overall ability to just be a machine for you know almost twenty years now, I, I, I don't know about that. But as a as a, an, as a purely physical prospect, yeah, that's not a bad comparison. And Drew Brees wasn't a first round pick. No, he wasn't coming out of college either. He wasn't. So. Yeah, I've got I've got one, but I'm reluctant to say it, so I'll, I'll hold it to myself. But at at that being said, Billy, how can people follow you? Where, where can they find your stuff, uh, get in touch with you, obviously learn more about Joe Burrow, especially with the college football playoff coming up? Oh, sure. Uh, we're at www.andthevalleyshook.com. We're, we're, today was uh, the, the first day of the early signing period for recruiting, so we're pretty packed in on that. Uh, but we're going to have lots of coverage of the playoffs coming up. And you know, One of my writers, Seth Galina, is a one of the better quarterback breakdown guys on Twitter. Uh, if you're a big NFL X and O guy, he's all over Twitter for that. He does a lot of our breakdowns in terms of that kind of stuff. And you can follow me on Twitter at ATVS underscore Chef Billy. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I know you had a lot going on, both uh, <laughs> wrangling the family and uh, doing some other things. I'm sorry I pestered you so much, but greatly, greatly appreciate you coming on and uh, making some oh, time for us. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. All right. Well, enjoy the college football playoff. Go, go Tigers, right? Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and have a good Christmas, man. Thanks. I'll have a Merry Christmas to you guys. All right. Take it easy. Uh, that was Billy Gomilla of SB Nation, SB Nations and the Valley Shook, their LSU site. Good stuff from him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think it's kind of interesting, John, that he talked about how Carson Wentz is not really his comparison of choice i think matt ryan's a positive one drew Brees, I, you know I, I the one i i didn't want to really say and i'm i'm even hesitating a little bit but as i've come around a bit more and watch more of joe burrow i see i don't know man i see elements of peyton manning i do i mean he's got more wow. he doesn't have the elite arm um he's got the leadership he's got the headiness he's got the ability to move in the pocket i see it um i don't know i don't think the ceiling's there but i, I see elements of him in his in his play, it's just, it's such a high end com- comparison because he Payne was like he was the absolute consummate general. He was it, it, the ball was always going to be an accurate spot. It was always going to be where it was supposed yep. to be. He had total complete command of the pocket, and obviously that that didn't happen overnight. He had a he had a rough uh, few like first four years in the NFL before he really exploded. But like yeah, like if what 
the maximum he could be, yeah, sure. Um, I, I think the comps that are best right now are like Tony Romo and the Matt Ryan spectrum, where yeah. they were never they were never the best. They were never the upper echelon, but they're always teetering in, in the above average area. You could always win because of them, and they're always efficient at their peak. And I think Romo is, is going to go down as one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL because he didn't have the greatest postseason, postseason success. And I think Ryan's overall reputation would be a lot better had they just been the Patriots in that Super Bowl. But both of them were extremely accurate passers. They could manipulate the pocket, and they were just above average for pretty much everything. They didn't have really a standout trait. And I think that is going to be what Joe Burrow's you know gravestone in terms of a draft prospect is. He's the, the jack of all trades, but he's above average instead of just good, not you know, he, he's not just good at everything. He's a, he's pretty good at everything, but he's not, doesn't have that elite trait, which I think a lot of people are still backing off on him about because he doesn't have the elite armor, elite athleticism. Right. And, and I guess where I'm going with that, and I don't, I, that's why I, did, I was reluctant to say that because I know when you say that name, you're going, Oh, you know, but I, I'm, I see elements of it in that Peyton didn't have the Aaron Rodgers arm. He didn't have, you know, he had a good arm. But what he did is he threw to spots. He knew defenses so well in and out what teams do. He knew his own offense and what they do, their strengths, their weaknesses. He knew that so well and in and out that he had the high completion percentage. He was able to throw to spots and get, you know, throw guys open, if you will, and, and you know, over basically overcompensate for not having the laser arm by – he had a good arm. There's no doubt. He had a very good arm, but it wasn't, you know – the wow arm. It was everything else, the intangibles, the intelligence, the maneuvering in the pocket. Uh, those kinds of things is what made, you know, really what, what made Peyton Manning's career, what it was. And I see elements of that in Joe Burrow's game. It's, com- it's completely fair. And it's, it, it's the whole thing about comparisons where it's like people want, you know, something that, you know, compares to their ceiling, what, what they can hit. It's really just about gauging what they do well, what they don't do well and, and putting it into, into a scope that someone can wrap their head around. And so when people hear Peyton Manning, they're like, oh, well, I don't know about that. So it's 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 more about finding someone where the strengths we just match and in a vacuum that does fit Peyton to an extent. Yeah. Well, thanks to Billy for joining us. He joins us courtesy of SB Nation um, and, and their site. So great to have him on to help us learn a, a bit more about Joe Burrow as if we haven't been hearing so much about him. But we're getting the inside look. Uh, as we have on some of these prospects, we will continue our 2020 prospect watch with others coming down the pike. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 